Hello everybody, before we get on to tonight's discussion, I'd just like to thank all of the patrons that have made this possible. It really means a lot to me, so thank you very much. In no particular order, they are Gus O, Lorenzo, Leah N, Ian S, John M, Vila H, Sam C, Agatha T, Lisa C, Mark M, Anders E, Stefan H, Maxime G, Martin B, Peter G, Sachin S, Stefan Y, Brett B, Eddie D, Sebastian B, Alan G, Donald P, Senna T, Anne M, Alex B, Cosmonaut Magazine, Isaac W, Aris M, Don M, Kiana H, James K, Chris S, Jamie T, Stan K, Bastian O, Parker M, Peter M, Ridder V, Mike M, and Emil J. Thank you very much. Enjoy the content. Welcome, everybody, um, to the first of these uh, Marxism Translated reading group slash text discussions. Um, I hope you enjoyed the, the first text, um, and I thought I'd just spend a little bit of time here um, outlining uh, how I got into it and why I thought it would be useful to, uh, to translate it. Um, I think the first thing to say is that this wasn't uh, some kind of overall master plan that I had to uh, together this text first and then you know go see see link it to something else. It's important that I can make some grand points on etc. It was more a case of uh, something I encountered a while back and thought would be useful to translate into English. The Martov text, written in Die Neue Zeit, edited by Kautsky, of course, until 1917. Um, is the most influential theoretical journal of the time. And this is where Martov decides to publish his, his broadside, his polemic. And it's a strange one in terms of the timing because the immediate occasion for the discussion, an extensive series of polemics in the United Side at this time, is the, uh, the, the crisis in Prussia. In, in 1910 over electoral reform, mass mobilizations against uh, uh, the completely undemocratic three-tier suffrage system in Prussia, which at the time is Germany's biggest, most powerful and the most reactionary state. And that leads to a number of mobilizations across the state and across Germany, all of which are um, quite inspiring strikes. Uh, walkouts, one-day stoppages, etc., etc., that develop a certain momentum. And that leads to a, a protracted discussion on the one hand between Karl Kautsky, the editor of the, of the, of the journal, and uh, Anton Pannekoek and Rosa Luxemburg on the, on the other. And it relates to questions of tactics and strategy around the, the mass strike with its significance, what the party should then do, how the party should respond to these uh, mass mobilizations, what their agitation should be, and so on and so forth. And it's significant in the history of our movement, in the political history of our movement, in the sense that until this point, Rosa Luxemburg and Karl Kautsky were very close political allies. They did have their disagreements, but they fundamentally were seen as and saw themselves as representing what you could call revolutionary social democracy um, in Germany. And they were the inspiration for 
uh, for the Bolsheviks in particular, um, and we'll talk about the Mensheviks in a second, but they were the inspiration for, uh, for, for, for Bolshevism. But the significance of this is that after, the, after this exchange of articles that goes on for months and months, Luxembourg uh, decides to cu cut ties with Kautsky altogether, uh, which, is, which is obviously a big moment. And the, the, the immediate occasion is not so much the fact that they've fallen out over uh, strategy and tactics, as it were, but also because, or primarily because, the, Kautsky is defending the idea that the, the, the slogan of the Democratic Republic should not be raised as a priority at the, of the time. And we'll talk about that later on in relation to Martov, who actually defends Kautsky on this, on this score. So the, I, I know that quite a lot of the material from earlier on in this debate has been made available. Luxembourg stuff certainly is. Some Kautsky is. Uh, Panakirk is also largely available in English, and he continues to write on this question up until 1912. If you look at the uh, Marxist Internet Archive, there's a long piece by him uh, looking back on this uh, from in nineteen in nineteen twelve, that's worth was worth looking at. But there was a, what I wasn't aware of really was the whole Russian angle to this debate, and that's what uh, really caught my eye first when when I saw this uh, this piece by by Martov. And the way I describe this text, I suppose, would be um, or the, or the fallout around this text would be uh, the what I call the the invocation of authority discussion around Karl Kautsky himself. You may have noticed while reading this that the one of the odd things or striking things perhaps about Martov's text is that he constantly says, well, yes, all of this shows that uh, Kautsky and I, Kautsky and the Mensheviks are kind of on the same page and Luxembourg and its supporters in Russia, the Bolsheviks, they're, they're, they're on a completely different path. And that's quite an interesting one. So he's, Martov is seeking here to invoke Kautsky in authority or appeal to him as a supporter, uh, as a voice of the sensible European approach of Menshevism as opposed to that of uh, Blomquist, hot-headed hot Bolshevism. Um, and, and that's really the, 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 the subtext to this. And it becomes even more clear uh, when we come to uh, Julian Marklewski's response to this text, I think in, in, in the subsequent edition of the, of the, which I will have done probably in the next few days, it's a shorter text, it's not as long as the Martyr one, it's only about three and a half thousand words. That should be available to you uh, pretty soon. And, and I think it's, um, as I'll discuss in a second, it's quite a significant intervention also for understanding uh, the Martov text. My first initial, my initial reaction when, when reading this was uh, one of uh, what, enjoyment. I, I, do, I do think Martov is a good writer. I think he's, it's, he's enjoyable to read. Uh, he's enjoyable to translate as well. He writes uh, pretty, pretty well in German. I feared that his Russian to be a little bit um, verbose and kind of with, with really long, winding, difficult sentences. But his German is relatively neat and tidy. And it was, it, I, say, I, think, I think it reads well uh, as a translation as well. It's quite, a, quite an interesting and fun read. And my initial response was, would be to say, well, yes, this is quite interesting because particularly in the first section of the text, when he discusses the relationship between uh, the Russians and the Europeans, the Belgians, the French, the Germans speaking uh, Russian or speaking uh, German. I think he, he makes, out, makes some very good points about how the Russian movement as a whole, the Russian social democratic movement as a whole, clearly took inspiration from uh, the SPD um, in, a, in that sense was a European phenomenon. That's particularly interesting if you think what subsequently happens in this debate 
certainly with something like Cold War historiography, which you know, from both sides of the of the of the, of the Cold War conflict, seeks to create the widest possible chasm between the experience of Bolshevism and the experience of European social democracy more broadly. And so I thought I thought that was that was very interesting. Uh, and also the history, which is which, as far as I can uh, understand it, is a correct one. Uh, in which he outlines how, for many European socialists initially, there was this kind of flirtation uh, with kind of people's will type stuff, terrorist actions, etc., uh, informed by the idea that Russia was different, was backwards, and therefore couldn't possess a, uh, if you like, modern or advanced workers' movement, and it would never achieve that. And he quite uh, rightly points out that Kautsky was actually one of the first to support the. The, the endeavors of Russian social democracy and to make uh, the case for its for its work, etc. So I thought that was that was very interesting. He also seems to be reading quite a lot of Nietzsche at this point, right? If you look at the text, we've got the will to power, and then he says about the Russians being human, all too human. At one point, when they're they're they're, they're ascribed, they're, they're, they're kind of seen as embodying these revolutionary traits that are heroic and selfless, as you know, as distinct from. The, the more run-of-the-mill Europeans, but he says, that, well, alas, you know, we, we're, we're just human, all too human. Um, so I thought this first section on Russia and, and Europe was, a, was an interesting one, informative one. Second section on uh, the history of the Russian Revolution itself and the, how the mass strikes developed, etc., etc., that's something I'm not an expert on. So I, I'm, I'm loath to say, oh, that's a good point against Luxembourg or, uh, or vice versa. I will say, however, that Mark Levsky, in his response to Martov, does challenge directly some of the ways in which uh, Martov outlines the events of 1905. And what's interesting uh, about 1905-1906 is that there is quite a lot, in fact, separate from the debate on the mass strike. There's quite a lot of material in 1909 and 1910 about that experience in Russia that's obviously as a link to it perhaps on, on one level, but there are more things like book reviews, Ryazanov reviews Trotsky's book 1905, for example. So there's this broader discussion, and Trotsky himself actually writes about the history of 19, uh, 1905 in, in the pages of Dunoid site. So there's this kind of drawn out discussion about its place, its significance, and what actually happened. I will reserve judgment on, on that for now simply for... Um, lack of expertise and really reading up uh, how this thing uh, unfolded and what the significance of the interrelation between politics and economics was. I will say, however, that even in my first kind of more uh, enjoyable or less critical reading of this text, it becomes apparent, for example, in section three, politics and, and economics, that Martov very schematically defends the idea that the only way or one of the, the the reasons why these strikes were able to blossom and be sustained for such a long time was because purportedly supposedly the democratic bourgeoisie had been won over to the to the side of the strikers and i think clearly that that, that does kind of jar somewhat because it seems to me and markalevsky makes this point subsequently too is that Martov is really trying to fit the these events into the general Menshevik notion that you know you shouldn't frighten uh, the bourgeoisie, the bourgeoisie should be brought on side, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I, so I think that does pervade the history somewhat. But obviously, I'm not going to make uh, detailed judgments on his on his overall history of it. 
but will say that obviously in its own way it is an important uh, contribution to that history. And finally, what I thought was actually the weakest section of the text is, is part four, Republican social democracy. Uh, and here I feel a bit more confident, confident or self-assured about making a judgment on it because this is something I know a lot more about in terms of the history of the second international and republicanism, etc. And it seems to me that in his efforts to portray Kautsky as a, a, a Menshevik thinker, and uh, the, 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 the forefather of, of Menshevism, as, he, as Martov has always claimed that he, he was, it seems to me that Martov is going out of his way to make quite a poor defense of a very poor political choice on the part of uh, Kautsky, i.e. in this, I, I completely side with the cause of Luxembourg without any hesitations, the idea that to raise the slogan of the Democratic Republic at a time when there's huge mobilizations for greater democracy in Prussia and indeed in Germany as a whole is, is raised as well, is clearly a, 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 wrong, a wrong choice. It's clearly opportunistic, in, in my opinion. Um, and I think that Martov's defense here is not a very strong one. Interestingly enough, with it, with, and this is where he gets quite cheeky in terms of the, the history, in my opinion, he kind of argues that well, you see, the Bolsheviks, they were pushing for the Democratic Republic, uh, trying to scare off the liberal bourgeoisie who only wanted electoral form, reform, or at least seemingly did. And they, in so doing, they fell into the Republican traps of those uh, French socialists, etc., who we'd argued against in, uh, in the Amsterdam Congress, Congress of 1904. Ha, ha, ha. It's not entirely true. Not, not true at all, because what Martov seems to be claiming here is that, yes, the Bolsheviks were so obsessed with the Republic as a slogan that they basically came, became kind of Jaurésiste or something, which is, I mean, that's, that, that doesn't hold water as a claim. But it was interesting to see the, that from his, uh, from, from his point of view and how he tries to make that point, I think, rather desperately and unconvincingly. Nonetheless, I thought that was, uh, that was an interesting moment in the text too. I will just end by briefly saying that what is even more fascinating about this discussion, talking about the invocation of Kautskian authority, is that Marklevsky's response is, is a defense of Lenin, and it's a defense of, of Bolshevism in that sense. But it does not say Martov's right to invoke the authority of Kautsky. What it actually says is Martov is mistaken to invoke the authority of Kautsky, and here's why. And so I think on, on that score as well, it's quite an interesting uh, angle into this into the, these mass strike discussions that hadn't uh, perhaps been been seen before so i will leave it there and uh, open up to your thoughts questions ideas reactions